yeah. That's right. We're here. It's Careless Whispers. You heard the sax. You know it's us. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt Rory, and I'm here with Calvin Chamberlain. And it's a big day in the NBA. And not so big for the Boston Celtics. Calvin, the Kings out there in California land have traded DeMarcus Cousins to the New Orleans Pelicans weeks after they said, days after they said, hours after they said they were not going to trade him. What's going on out there? What's in the water in California today? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you started with that because that is definitely one of the things that I wanted to get to, which is that uh, for all of those of you who you know, believe anything that comes out of somebody's mouth. Like if Danny Ainge says, yeah, I'm not looking to trade my guys. And I'm like, oh, no, it, it's it's obvious that Rajon Rondo is, is going to be traded. And people go, well, you know, Ainge came out and said he's not interested in trading Rondo. Or in this case, oh, the Kings have no interest in, in trading Boogie Cousins. Well, yeah, they lied. You know, they had a reason to lie. I don't blame them for lying. It, why would you come out and say you, you want to trade a guy who you might not succeed in trading? And therefore, it just alienate him and sort of uh, rile up the fan base for no reason before you actually make the trade. So this is no slight of the Kings organization at all. But yeah, um, they clearly lied. Uh, apparently, uh, it's it appears that at one point they weren't interested in trading uh, DeMarcus Cousins, although I'm skeptical about that. But I guess him getting his uh, 17th technical and then a sort of profanity-laced tirade that he had uh, in a game recently sort of changed Ranadive's mind, to which I say, I, I, I find that idea weird, because it, it was like, did he not realize who Boogie Cousins was until that moment? It was, the, it was the 17th technical that allowed him to realize, oh, this guy is, like, a volatile and an, and an, an emotional problem. I, I just find it hard to believe after years of well, him. Well, I mean, maybe he's not paying attention until the guy's not on the court, you know? And maybe maybe behind closed doors, Cousins told him that he was going to keep it cool or something, and he wouldn't pick up that 17th technical. But he missed the, the game against the Celtics because of that that exact technical. So he got suspended, and it affected the, the owner's team, and maybe that's where why he's opening his eyes. But you're right. Overall, where where has it been yeah. up until now? You, you have to have known that this guy was at basically asking to be shipped off and sent out of Sacramento, even though he vehemently denies that and claims that he was happy in Sacramento, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like it's, it's been a big PR game out there. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the, the game against the Celtics because I, I read another thing that said like that, that victory over the Celtics also helped convince them that they could win without without Marcus. So like, but the idea that you would reduce, hmm. again, your – your thoughts on the team long term to like the results of one game on a, against a team playing on a West Coast, I, it just seems outrageous to me. Like the idea of like not looking at the entire season or like looking at just how they played overall with him out and just realize, oh, we beat the Celtics in this game. We didn't have DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe we don't need him. It's, it's similar to like Celtics fans asking if they're, the team is better without Avery Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess maybe we can get into that a little bit later with all this trade talk. This is going to be a a heavy trade talk show here on Careless Whispers. And, of course, we're we're broadcasting right on CLNS Radio. And uh, you should all go check out the free CLNS Radio mobile app if you haven't gotten it already. You can uh, set up notifications for when we 
post a new show. So go go check us out there, Careless Whispers Podcast, CLNS Radio Mobile App. Um, I don't know I don't know about you, Calvin, but did you did you hear this show? This is going to show how much prep we do as far as talking to each other before the show is concerned. Uh, did you hear the comments by Vlade Divac that he had a better deal two days ago, and that's why he pulled the trigger today and not waited, not, and decided not to wait until the trade deadline on Thursday? Oh, I didn't. I, I've I heard those quotes, but I thought it was in response to someone asking him. Is uh, what, what I heard. The, you, you may have heard different quotes, but the, what, what I heard in in regards to that was someone asking him, "Hey." Uh, like, should you have waited for a better deal? And he said, well, there was already a better deal two days ago that I didn't yeah. take. So meaning that, like, it, but but his response actually was like, well, no, I, I would probably get a worse deal if I continued right. waiting. That's, that yeah. was his logic for, like, not waiting on the deal. Right. Was, because, yeah. because he had a better one two days ago, and this one is worse, and he's expecting a worse one on Thursday. So he said, forget it. I'm going to just do this. And that's, that is where the Celtics come in, if you ask me, because people are, are clamoring around here and they're going, they're, they're already throwing them, their hands up and they're already screaming at Danny Ainge and going crazy because the, all the New Orleans had to give up was two draft picks, Buddy Heald, uh, and, and an aging Tyreek yeah. Evans, right? So Celtics Yeah, let's fans. talk about that for a second before we get into the Celtics part of it, because I, I, I feel like this is, I don't know, this is like... This is the biggest trade in the NBA in quite a while, right? Since who like who was the last player of this magnitude to be moved in a deal? What Dwight Howard? I mean, who, who like I can't even since then who who are you talking about? It's been a while, right? Yes. Yeah. So I I, I feel like it, this this trade just deserves it it deserves to be peeled apart here. So Demarcus Cousins and and Omri Caspi, by the way, who is just on the low, I I don't know. Personally, I think it's a pretty good player. I, I think he's better than any of the – straight up better than any of the players that the Pelicans sent back to the Kings. Cast me by himself. So, Fair DeMarcus, Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins and Caspi for Buddy Heald, who, you know, I looked up Buddy Heald's uh, numbers, averaging eight points a game, shooting about 37% on the year. Uh, Buddy Heald – Langston Galloway and Tyreek Evans, who was already drafted by the Kings and, you know, shipped off to New Orleans uh, in the first place. He's just sort of a make the money match uh, figure. There's, there's the potential that he ends up getting cut and a, uh, a first round draft pick for next year, which is top three protected, not just a first round draft pick. So it's top three protected and a second round draft pick, right? Yes. This year. And that, yes. Yeah. That's that's and a hall. Is that a hall? You, you, no, you call it's that not. It's not. It's not a hall at all. I mean, that draft pick is probably going to be somewhere in the mid-teens. I don't know, maybe right around uh, seventeen or, or something like that. But probably more like actually, probably more like four. That would that imply they're going to make the playoffs. So probably more like uh, thirteen or fourteen because I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But that's another. That's even uh, even another wrinkle in this whole entire thing. Um, yeah, we'll get to but, that in a few you know, minutes. I have yeah, you know what? This it's, it is. This is definitely a lopsided deal, and Vlade Divac knows all about lopsided deals because he was traded for Kobe Bryant straight up. So in the long run, things look lopsided on that one. But, but you know what? I I feel like this is 
a combination of a few different things. So speaking to the Celtics fans out there that are freaking out that the Celtics didn't offer something similar to what the Kings offered or what the Pelicans offered to Sacramento to get Cousins, it it just it, it seems clear that Ainge was was not in the, in the conversation. He didn't want DeMarcus Cousins. He certainly could have made a better offer than than what that package was. But I don't. I just. I I feel like it's it's not as lopsided of a deal as people are making it seem. Because you know what, Danny Ainge is not the only GM that passed on DeMarcus Cousins right here. Divac said he had a different deal, a better deal, two days ago. That person backed out for whatever reason, or Divac said no, right? So regardless of why that one fell apart, if he had a better deal then, and he's not expecting a better deal to come down the line, then not only did, did Danny Ainge and a couple other guys pass, pretty much every team in the league passed on this guy. There's a reason for that. And I think Cedric Maxwell on a, a, one of the sports shows that I was just watching a couple hours ago said it right. And it's, it's this. If DeMarcus Cousins is your best player, you're not going to be a championship-caliber team. Flat out, he's too much of a head case to carry the burden or what, what have you, and he's, he's not going to be that guy. So when you put him up against or put him next to a guy that's better than him, Anthony Davis, clear-cut better than him, we're not even going to argue that. Davis is the one, Cousins is the two. If Cousins realizes that and accepts it, which he should if he's a, if he is any judge of talent at all, then it will be better for the, that team. The problem with bringing him to Boston or most other places in the league is that he would be the best player on those teams. And to me, Calvin, I don't know. I don't think that he can handle being the best guy. I think this is actually going to be a good fit for him, and it's one of the few places in the league that I can actually say that about. Great. First of all, you're making an argument similar to an argument that I made uh, when we were talking about Boogie Cousins a couple of months ago, or you, you remember where I said that like I don't think it, it's a good idea to trade for Boogie, uh, in, in, except in certain scenarios. Where, but my argument was like Boogie couldn't. I, I felt like Boogie should be the number two. You remember me specifically saying that before this even came up in any trade yeah, situation? Of course. Yeah. So so. Props. Clearly, this situation he's going to be the number two. So I'll, I'll get into how it affects the Pelicans in a little bit. But I think what you're talking about is in terms in terms of like uh, what the offers were for Boogie, as opposed to like what they actually got. That's fine in terms of like if you have a Ferrari and and your your best offer is five bucks, then you say and you say, well, why didn't why didn't this you know why didn't the Celtics offer six bucks? Well, then you go. Well, it must not be that valuable if, if you know anyone offered five bucks. But must have a bad engine a, or something. But you, yeah, but you're still getting a Ferrari out of the deal. Ultimately, the team that ends up with Boogie Cousins, we could look. We could talk all day about him being a head case, and he's certainly a head case. Okay, but we but we, but we could also spend that time talking about his talent, talking about risk versus reward. The amount. Let, let me put it to you this way: the amount that the Pelicans risk in this deal. That's, Especially, especially considering the fact that the Pelicans have the, had their own exact same issues that the Kings have uh, with, you know, Demarcus Cousins in that, like Anthony Davis, uh, so reportedly was souring on his experience in New Orleans, and like 
that's a team that had to do something to try to you know, right. placate him and keep him from wanting to leave. So the fact that they made that move for DeMarcus Cousins, even if it ultimately doesn't work out, then if it, if it doesn't work out, it wasn't going to work out for Anthony Davis anyway. So like, there's essentially sure. no down. There's essentially no downside for that deal right. other than losing losing a draft pick, which is top three protected again. And by the way, the uh, the Pelicans also. I don't know if you know this or not. But uh, they already have another stipulation on that same draft pick, to where if it's uh, if it's higher than tenth, the Bulls get their dra- that draft pick anyway, like ten oh. through ten through thirty. The Bulls. So the only way the Kings get that draft pick is if it's, it's, if like it's like nine, seven through nine three, yeah, or four through three, nine. Yeah, four through nine. Four through nine. The Kings get that draft pick. I don't know how it rolls over otherwise, but. Right. Yeah, four through nine. That's, Kings that's, get that 20, that's as far as 2017 is concerned. They will get a first round pick eventually, I'm sure, uh, if they don't yeah. get it this year. Uh, no, but no, either way, but no, that's precisely why this is a good deal for New Orleans, and you're going fi- to be hard pressed to find another team in the league that would have been able to make this deal. There are guys and and salaries throughout the league that are better than Buddy Heald, and teams could have put together a package. So the, the point is, Calvin, I know you're not hearing this because you're not in California. You, know, you didn't have to sit through this all day. But people around here are freaking out that Ainge didn't go after DeMarcus Cousins. And I don't think it's a matter of him not going after DeMarcus Cousins because he, he was oh, overvaluing things or anything like that. I think that he just didn't want the player. He didn't want to disrupt the chemistry that they have right now. And he didn't want to, to have to worry about whether he was going to – disrupt the locker room because you know what as far as risk reward is concerned the Celtics would have been risking a lot more and it's not just the assets they would have been giving away because they're the number two seed in the east right now and the, the reward I don't think would be NBA championship right now with DeMarcus Cousins I just don't I don't think he'd be able to, to handle it as far as the mental capacity is concerned in the playoffs and, and throughout the, the finals and all that. So if, who knows for the future, it, it, he might be able to, and maybe the Celtics would have been able to find a way to figure that out, but risk reward right now. I don't blame Danny Ainge for not going after DeMarcus Cousins right now. So yeah, I, I, you seem to be in a hurry to get to the stuff part of this. And I, uh, I have my, own no, I'm, I'm not, other, I'm not at all, I'm but other, I'm just, I'm I just need to get that of off my chest. I, I have my own Lakers-related thoughts to this too because I don't know if you saw that uh, that they were actually in it, but uh, the Kings basically insisted on Ingram, and the Lakers said no to that, uh, and that's what killed it as far as they were concerned. They were not interested in any other player that the Lakers had other than Ingram. Apparently, a big part of this, yeah, I, I mean, this is just goes to like what you think of Vlade as a GM, but apparently, a big part of this trade was the fact that he loves Buddy Heald and sees him as like a potential Steph Curry type just because he jacks threes, I guess. I don't know, but his, his numbers don't project that, and he's already 23 years old. That's the other thing about Buddy Heald. He's already way older than almost any other rookie in the NBA right now. So, uh, Yeah, I didn't, under- I didn't understand the infatuation that people had with him coming out of college, and it, I don't know. He hasn't really done much down in New Orleans where he's definitely gotten the playing time, so... Yeah, but he, how many yield is a year younger than Anthony Davis? Like, I don't, I don't get what's, uh, I don't get the hype behind him in this trade deal. It's just, it's fascinating to me. But that being said, as far as the Celtics go are concerned, I'm on the other side, and the, and again, the reason I'm on the other side is the same. Look, today is Tuesday, so it's, it's, it's still hard for me to project. If we, if we come around to Thursday and we do next week's show, and the Celtics have. Uh, 
you know, the Celtics have Jimmy Butler or the Celtics have Paul George or the Celtics have some other major piece that they were saving their assets for because they, and, and that's why they didn't move on this Boogie Cousins situation. I actually muted myself. Sorry. That's why they didn't uh, move on this Boogie Cousins situation. I'll, I'll gladly step up and say, you know what? In retrospect, it makes sense why they didn't make this deal. But the fact of the matter is cons- considering the amount of assets that New Orleans had to give up to get Boogie. The fact that uh, apparently Boston was like not involved in the topics uh, in in the trades at all, and they to, to them trading either one of the Brooklyn picks was a non-starter. I I feel like again looking at what New Orleans gave up, it, it, they could have the the Celtics could have made that same offer and in, in with with the Brooklyn pick with the same top three protection on it. Which is which would have been far more likely in their case, and it, you know, you know what I mean. In, in, in that case, yeah, you're losing the number well, four pick. Yeah, if you're talking about if you're talking about this year's pick, the, fall, year's the pick, top three yeah. protection is guaranteed. But I, I don't think they want to give up that pick for Demarcus Cousins. I think they'd rather use that pick, and that's that's the non-starter there. And I think but, but that, that they they would have they would have rather given up next year's pick maybe, and that's where they would have started. But I, for whatever Here's reason, the with that, they. This, I'm telling you, the, for whatever for whatever reason, the Celtics believe that uh, the trade value of that pick will be better in three months than it is right now, it'll, and it'll be better in six months or not six months in in four months than it is in three months. So by the time the playoffs are all over and the draft rolls around, that's that's when they think that the pick. The, the value of that pick is going to be the highest as far as a trade is concerned, and that's why they're not going to pull the trigger on some somebody like Demarcus Cousins, who they think is probably going to alter their locker room and, and ruin whatever they have going right now. Look, we can. I think we need to separate Demarcus Cousins, the player, from Demarcus Cousins, the the potential locker room disruptor, right? Because we're talking about two different things here. If if you are if, if if what you're telling me is that you don't believe that that the Celtics could bring in Demarcus Cousins and sort of fit him into what they're doing, and you and you feel like he would have come in and blown up this particular team's chemistry, and you think Demarcus Cousins with uh, a year a year and a half away right from from getting a max extension would come to his new team. And not that necessarily that he would sign his free agency contract with the Celtics because there there is a thing now where like uh, now by moving he loses the the sort of whatever new version of the ultra max or whatever new whatever new version of the bird rights you want to call it is he no he no longer has that but he still has he still has uh, the Celtics would still have the ability to offer him the extra year that that other teams wouldn't be able to offer him first of all and, and second secondly. He'd still be on the team for a year and a half, right? So they're still they, they still have the advantage in re-signing him. He just doesn't have the supermax advantage, which is actually a good thing for the team that trades him. They don't have to pay him as much money, so it's less money on the cap for them. So it it, it which is we we haven't even gotten into this yet, but it, it it is an interesting big picture consequence when it comes to sort of creating this supermax situation that we didn't consider, which is that like. Maybe one of the consequences of this of this scenario will be teams that don't want to pay uh, players the the supermax will consider trading them for the precise reason that like that that's the only way they can avoid paying them that supermax because otherwise like that's, a guy like that's the part of it I'm sure yeah 
that's exact. That's part of why Demarcus Cousins was traded in the first place because the Kings were hesitant to pay him that exorbitant amount of salary. But the right. bottom line to me, you said it earlier. Whether it was the trigger of the seventeenth technical or something else happened or what have you, they decided that they were not going to move forward with him as their number one guy as a franchise, and they pulled the trigger. That's it. But that's but part of it. Right, that's that's fine. But Demarcus Cousins. It's 26 years old, Ray. DeMarcus Cousins scores 28 points a game. DeMarcus Cousins gets 10.5 rebounds a game. The Celtics are bad at rebounding. You know what else he does? He gets 5 assists a game, 4.8 assists. He's a great passer. People don't realize how good of a basketball player DeMarcus Cousins is. He's basically good at everything on a basketball court. There's nothing that he's bad at. He shoots 35% from three. He won't clog, like Al Horford, the, the whole thing with Celtics fans are like, oh, Al Horford needs a center to play with him. You know who's the center who can play with him is DeMarcus Cousins. And he doesn't affect your floor spacing at all. He's like one of the few centers in the league who he, he, he takes five so, three-pointers a game right now. He's taking five listen, threes a game. I, that's fine. And uh, You know what? Talent wins out in the NBA 99.9% of the time. But – Danny Ainge doesn't want to do it that way. That's you have. You can't just separate the two things and, and talk about the, the, whether the trade has good value and whether another team should have traded for him because that's not a guy that they want to bring in. They don't. They, they saw that Isaiah Thomas and Demarcus Cousins didn't play well together in in Sacramento. Maybe they have something from Isaiah that they know that they're not telling anybody else. Maybe Isaiah is part of the reason that that they didn't want to bring this guy in. But there was talk before Isaiah started blowing up that Ainge didn't want him anyway. I, I, well, maybe it's Stevens. Maybe they just – listen, the point is there are a multitude of reasons that a team, any team, not just the Celtics, any team would not want this guy. And it, it's that you have to factor them all into why they wouldn't have traded for him. And that is what I'm telling you is why the Kings got such a – raw deal out of it because they didn't pull the trigger on one deal and then they realized well wait a minute nobody else around the league really wants this guy for a multitude of reasons if, if any old team could have just traded for him that had the cap space and they thought that they could sign him don't you think teams would have done that this is this is my point it's like people are freaking out it's not just Ainge it's not just Popovich it's not just J- Stan Van Gundy it's it's not you think all all those guys just we're saying, oh, non-starter, we're not even going to talk to you about DeMarcus Cousins. I'm sure that, that, there, that Divac was on the phone with everyone, and he realized he wasn't getting a good deal because he passed on the, on the deal that he claims to have had a couple days ago. And all I'm saying is I understand the, the, the superstar status, but there's got to be something else going on because everyone passed on this, on this guy. And, but... Not look, not everyone passed on him, right? Obviously, there were a couple of teams that made offers. Uh, right. There are there are other teams that did like. Here's the thing: there are only a couple of teams that have this, the sort of combination of assets, draft picks that that are, it's going to be valuable to the Kings in the first place, right? And and the, the but no, you can't make that argument them. because you're trying to make the argument that they got a raw deal and that and that they they got nothing in return. So there is no no specific set of things that they needed because you could have matched that with many other teams around the league is what I'm trying to say. No, no, but, but wait, wait, but there's, there's, there's two separate arguments, right? There's the, 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 the argument that I'm making is that the argument I made earlier is that it just, in terms of the value of what DeMarcus Cousins should bring it, they got way less than, than what he should bring. 
Now that's not the same as yeah, saying that's like fine. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not arguing about that. That's for sure. That's not the same. Well, well, but that that matters in terms of results because basically the Pelicans, who until t- until today were a team that didn't that literally the Pelicans are a team that doesn't have an asset or didn't until they got to Marcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. But but before today it was like yeah they're the team with Anthony Davis and not much else to offer in trades right and somehow. They still managed to get DeMarcus Cousins out of that deal. So if they could have done that, I feel like, yeah, right. you're right. A lot of, a lot of teams that's, could that's have done where that. You, that's where you bring but, the real-world aspect into it because the, I'm telling like there's something about this guy that teams don't want him. They don't want him. They're not going to put in the extra effort and the extra assets to go and get him. So that's why New Orleans is the team that gets lucky and is the team that, that has that – has, the assets that worked out for a deal because Sacramento was, they, I don't know, they were panicking or something. You know what? Maybe David Stern still runs the Pelicans. How about that? There's a conspiracy theory for you. It just popped into my head. But the, the point is, is that the Celtics in particular, the, the Raptors just traded for Ibaka, right? The, the Wizards already have Gortat. Most of the teams that we're talking about conversationally, like what are the teams that, that, in theory, benefit from adding Pookie Cousins just just basketball wise. Just maybe like Houston. I'm trying to like m- most of the teams are either not contenders, right, or they're they're teams like the Clippers who already have a center, right, or in, in the other oh, part of the Clippers is, is, is they if definitely the way don't you're, have no, but the way you're talking about Pookie Cousins as far as his talent, just about just every team should be in, in in on him. Just about every team should be in on him unless they are locked into a potential championship contender and uh, the Clippers sure San Antonio sure uh, Cleveland I guess um, but I mean otherwise most teams should be in if this is the type of deal that they that they had to send back you're, you're, that's why I wonder how much it, it, I mean it's impossible to know but I wonder how much specifically like Healds being healed being overvalued factors into this because yeah just to oh, go to the, like to the <laughs> Lakers part of it for, for, for example like I would in, in like I would in theory be fine with the Lakers trading Brandon Ingram for DeMarcus Cousins so maybe this goes to your point but in, in practice I would I would have been opposed to it simply because I feel like if DeMarcus Cousins went to the Lakers the Lakers would literally just turn into the Kings. You know what I mean? That's exact. That's what would happen. He would he would hate it. He would hate being on the Lakers. Maybe he would like it more because he was in in L.A. But I feel like what would happen was Ingram would go in that deal. Boogie would become sullen and, and hate the fact that he didn't You're have any it, good players on. But that, I mean, so, aren't the Lakers though. That's the diff- that's the, that's the thing that I'm telling. No, you. they're not. But you know why they're not the Lakers? Because they have a team and they have a system that's working right now. If you threw Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart on random team in the in, in the middle of the NBA, I don't think that that team is is performing to their highest potential. And they're not the number two seed in the East. Most of these no. guys wouldn't crack rosters in the NBA of playoff teams. They're playing well around a guy that's that's a superstar talent right now and they've got some talented pieces but they're they're not like a, a crazy good team it's not like i don't feel i don't feel like demarcus cousins puts them over the top even to to win an nba championship maybe it no, gives but, them an edge against cleveland but i don't even know if they'd even win that series 
But your issue, your issue with DeMarcus specifically is the idea that – or Celtics fans who are like, I'm glad Danny didn't make this trade. It's similar to the Carmelo thing where, like, they don't want Carmelo. No, people reasons. aren't glad. No, no, people no. are not glad. People are pissed off that they didn't, that no, they didn't no, make no, this there, trade. There are some people – there are more people who are pissed off, but there are also people who are glad. I've, I've, I've seen Sean um, Yeah, Beckham obviously I'm right one now. of them, yes. Yeah, you, you're, you're on that side. So uh, they're the people who are on that side – and right, it, but 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 you and the people who like have that view, you're you're against Demarcus Cousins going to the Celtics because you feel like emotionally, not not that you don't think Demarcus Cousins is a good basketball player who could like, based on basketball skills, help the Celtics out. Your concern, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is that Demarcus Cousins will bring over some of his Demarcus Cousinsness and, and sort of tank the the good vibes that the Celtics have going and like. The fact that they operate as a unit, as a team, you feel like Cousins would come in and submarine that. Yeah, for sure. Is that accurate? Part of it. And the, the, the tandem of him and Thomas didn't work out in Sacramento. Granted, of course, Sacramento then is, is not what the Celtics are now. I'm not trying to compare the talent to the rest of the roster because the Celtics are clearly better. But I still, I still don't think that they are convinced. And listen, this is, I, I, have, I have no Thomas idea whether he would be able to fit in. No, certainly not. Certainly not. But I just, I, I, I don't know what they would have had to give up. And who's the player? Is it Jalen Brown? They are really say high is, on that kid. Say it is Jalen Brown. That's, that's what I'm saying. But, that's what I'm saying. But, no, and we no, talked about okay. this the other night. It's the trade-off. Do you, do you want to build and and, and say that you're gonna have? You need. They need both. They need a center and a rim protector, and they need a, a wing scorer, right? If they believe that Jalen Brown is the guy to be the wing scorer. And they can find that 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 center in a different capacity. Why wouldn't but they just not, hang on to Jalen Brown? Because he's not the guy to be the wing scorer now. We've already discussed this before. They they have drafted. No, he's coming. not. But like, yeah. So but, so. But if they're if they're giving up the pieces that are that they believe are making their team stronger right now, whether whether it's Marcus Smart. I mean, sure, Brown may, might be the guy, but it's, it's Brown but really, I guess it comes down to the draft pick. But let me ask That's you, it, why isn't? Why isn't Phoenix in on Demarcus Cousins? Why don't they find a way to ship Eric, send Eric Bledsoe to the Kings, or or and and their pick? Why why isn't it a team like Utah? Why don't they find a way to throw a, a yeah. deal out there, or Denver, okay. or Brooklyn for that matter? Everybody should be in on this guy. Philadelphia. Well, Brooklyn's Brooklyn's still trying to move Brook Lopez, so they're they're not in. Either. Philadelphia has jo- Joel Embiid, and they're trying to move Jaheel Okafor and Nerlens Noel, so they're not in on it for obvious reasons, right? There's those no those are better players to get back in the deal than Buddy Heald. No, no. The point is, is is Philadelphia doesn't want Demarcus Cousins because they have uh, Joel Embiid, and they're looking for guards, and they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And they're looking for guards. Trading for Demarcus Cousins literally makes no sense to them. You can see that, right? Uh, who was it? For some reason, like Phoenix, I would I would make the same argument for Phoenix. You're right about Phoenix because apparently, yeah, the best player they offered in the trade was Brandon Knight, and, and the team shot that down. Yeah, that's that's brutal to me. Brooklyn is is like literally just trying to get draft picks right now. They're trying to dump Book Lopez. So I don't think they want to get Boogie Cousins back because they're not trying to pay him. They're, they're just trapped in this hellhole of giving the Celtics their draft pick. So uh, I, I mean, don't know what. I don't. I don't really want to go down the list, but like, yeah. 
Is, is but, Chicago in on something like this? Why doesn't Oklahoma City make a call? Like, the, I mean, some of these teams have the payroll space. I'm just looking at the bottom of the payroll list, not even the standings. But these teams have the, the cap space to take what, on but, a guy what is, like that. But what does what, what does Oklahoma City have to offer them? Oh, uh, you, you remember, an Oklahoma City draft pick is not the same as as a Brooklyn draft pick or a you know a Lakers draft pick or a Phoenix draft pick. Of course not, but if they like Buddy Heald, you, you think that they wouldn't like Victor Oladipo, or they wouldn't they wouldn't like uh, I, I don't know a player like uh, or get Oladipo and Cantor in return? Is it really does it really come down to the draft pick? Is that what they're they think that there's going to be something superstar? And compared to New Orleans, Oklahoma City's draft pick's not going to be that much worse. So I, I just don't understand. All these other teams should be in. If you're trading for Marcus Cousins to a team that could potentially make the playoffs because of it then all those other teams in that area have a similar draft pick. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, now you're just making another argument for why it was a bad trade, and I, I agree with that. I think they're taking the calculated risk that DeMarcus Cousins doesn't work out with Anthony Davis somehow, which, I mean, we, well, we can transition I'm not, to that. If, I'm not if trying to want. make an argument for why it's a bad trade. I'm trying to, to get people to not freak out about the fact that their favorite team – Regardless of whether it's the Celtics or not, there are a handful of teams that should have been in on this guy because of his talent, and there's something else that that led them to not be as far in as what the Pelicans threw at them. So but, I, I just you can't just look at it as 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 the player that people are passing on this superstar talent. There's got to be more to it. That's all. That's all. But of but of course there's of course there's more to it. That's it's out in the open. It's it's not a secret at all that Demarcus Cousins has been a head case throughout his career. Right. The only question is 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 it worth it to take a risk on that head case? And considering right. and most how, people said no. Yeah, but considering how much of a risk it ended up being, which is it, it, it turned out to be not that much of a risk for New Orleans, and by the way, would not have been that much of a risk for the Celtics. Right. I think so. Here's the thing. Yeah. This is this is the way I picture it. Vlade Divac calls. He, he calls. I don't know. One of those teams we just mentioned that could maybe provide a better deal to him, uh, and he says, ah, "I'm gonna. I'll call you back in a couple of days. I'm gonna talk to so and so at the All Star break. Blah blah blah." Talks to the Pelicans at the All-Star break. They throw a, a crappy deal at him. He calls back the other person and says, all right, I'll have a deal. Uh, let's, let's do the deal. And they said, you know what? Forget it. DeMarcus ran into me in the, in the, in the, uh, at, at the market at the All-Star game or something, and he said something I didn't like. Something stupid. You know what I'm saying? Just like something so stupid, and they decided that they're, they're going to throw it off. They're going to say no more deal. This is what I'm picturing in my mind right now. So then Vlade starts to, to, uh, to, to panic. And he just takes the deal instead of calling some of the other people that he may have talked to over the course of the week. I don't know. That's the only thing that that, that can justify, other in my mind, other teams not making a run at Cousins, other than the fact that they just didn't want him because he's a head case. Those are the two options. Either Divash panicked or nobody wanted the guy. That's, that's it or- for me. Oh, a combination of the two is probably most sure. likely, right? Sure. Like he, the, the trade, like he, like you said, he's he thought he was going to get a worse deal. The trade deadline is on Thursday. He, but might be like, I, if he was smart, he should have held out to at least Wednesday, right? Just if, if that's what was on the table right now, 
he probably should have held out a little longer. There's all, there's no question in my mind, right? Yeah, I feel like so, there's there have to be ups and downs with things like this, right? Like he, one day he's he's got good trade value, the next day he doesn't because somebody maybe somebody heard something about that that first trade, always oh, off the table, blah blah blah. It, you have to be able to to play it better than that. So I don't know. Oh, it's funny. Uh, they, the uh, sorry, the the show I was watching earlier that had Cedric Maxwell on also showed the clip of Vlade Divac and uh, it put up on the screen. Vlade Divac, soon to be fired GM of the Sacramento Kings. So I don't know. Do you think he's going to lose his job over this? Uh, yes, 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 I do. Uh, I mean, probably not till the end of the year, but yes. Um, yep. There you go. He, especially after he came out and he made that statement about how he had a better, you can't, you can't undermine yeah. yourself like that publicly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, as, if if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm thinking this way. Again, Demarcus Cousins, look, he he has his issues. He has, he has huge issues. But I I just feel like the way talent has been, especially with these new this new CPA and just the even the last CPA, constantly continually trying to be locked into place with their teams. We'll see how maybe it'll be less so with the Supermax. You'll, you, you, the situation is rare when you get a guy that talented, that good, and that good of a fit on your particular team. By the way, I think he, in terms of basketball, but head case wise, who knows? You might be, you might totally be right, and he would, he would tank the team. But basketball fit wise, totally would have fit on this team. Okay. I feel like that does not come around very often with the amount of, of it, by the way, you would have been able to get him essentially without affecting the quality of your current team at all. That's that, that specific situation. Yeah. Doesn't really, I mean, I, don't, I just exist. don't know if I'm convinced that of that. I don't know. All right. So listen, if, if Rana Diev, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Rana the Dive. King's owner, Rana Dive, if he, if he is so high on Buddy Heald, who do the Celtics have that, that he would consider to be that type of player? Who would they be giving up? Is it Jalen Brown? I don't say that's the other thing is I don't I don't think that Jalen Brown is the equivalent to Buddy Heald right now if this guy is, is pumping his tires that much. So yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know. We haven't really hashed out everything that has gone through this trade because it just happened today or yesterday, whatever it is. Uh Today, today the holiday, President's Day. Happy President's Day, everybody. Um, I think and the Nets, the Nets pick makes up for that, though. The the does it the, the fact, yeah, because that pick's going to be higher. The, the fact that that pick's far more likely to beat the fourth pick than the, uh, you know, than the other pick is to be the fourth pick. All right. So it, your Pel- argument is Pelicans. that it is that. It, the Celtics yeah. boxed on the, on the draft pick, and that's why they didn't get DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know if I believe that. Well, that's, but. Well, 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 that's, that's the actual report that, that Ainge said that, that uh, including, including any Brooklyn picks are a non-starter. And, and so the Kings let it go from there. That's, that's literally what the reaction is. And if, if I'm a Celtics fan and I read that, you know, under the assumption that it's true, maybe it's not, but under the assumption that it's true, it's like, oh, well, you know, Ainge is being too cautious again, and all again, if if the Celtics end up, if, if it turns out that they're holding out of their assets to make some other move, uh, it's being reported now that the, that the Celtics are are trying to make a push, a strong push for Butler. If the idea is 
we hey, we don't want to give up one of these picks for Cousins because we want to give up one of these picks for Butler. I'll come mm-hmm. back on the air next week, and I'll be like, great move. But the Celtics do need to make a move. There's no question that they have to make a big move. They, they're they right there, as I've been saying for weeks, and if, and if they weren't in on Cousins, not that they had to get Cousins, but if they weren't even in on Cousins, it, look, if, if the Celtics made them an offer and it was like, oh, we just love Buddy Heald so much more than Jalen Brown, oh, too bad we didn't get them. That's get get Cousins. That's one thing. But if it's, oh, you know, we were unwilling to include either of these trade pieces in a, in a potential Cousins deal and we're also not mm-hmm. going after Jimmy Butler, that's something else. And if I'm a Celtics fan, I'd probably be pretty angry. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine they're going after Butler. That's the that's the big name that's being thrown out there. And I also think that they're going after other players, and they're they're probably trying to pry Paul George away from the Pacers. They're 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 probably looking around the league and and seeing what they can what they can do. They're probably calling Detroit and seeing if they can get Andre Drummond, or, or uh, I don't know, just throwing names out there. Oops. Yeah, speaking of I I. It was also reported that the Kings rejected Drummond for for Cousins straight up, <laughs> which is another fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Kings. the Kings. I feel like Detroit would have. Detroit. I mean, maybe again, it's hard to say because of what the emotional impact of Cousins is. But that's that was the other thing I was going to say. Going back to Cousins, like remember Boogie Cousins has never even been on an average team. I just find it hard to believe that this guy being traded to, like, I'm not saying that the old Boogie Cousins wouldn't show up eventually, because it probably would, but the idea of him a year and a half from free agency, that he would go to a Celtics team that was second in the East after being, like, with the Kings his entire career and never playing for anything, would be a problem immediately for his new team. I'm skeptical, you know what I mean? I'm skeptical of that. I feel like he would have been awesome for you guys for at least the first year or two before. Maybe maybe his petulance would would set in eventually because that you know you are what you are, but I, I think you would have had like a great a grace period where you would think like man this is the greatest thing we've ever done, but it's impossible to say man. But actually it's not impossible to say because I'm going to say that's going to apply to the Pelicans. Let's let's talk about the Pelicans real quick. And people sure. are like oh well I'm I'm not sure it, it can work in the NBA with you know to with two centers on a team two big team playing two big men at the same time. First of all, like I said about DeMarcus Cousins, the guy shoots five threes a game, all right? He's as much of a floor spacer as anyone you want to any, – any power stretch four you want to talk about, DeMarcus Cousins is essentially that guy, except he's also a guy who can, you know, rebound and block shots and post up. Anthony Davis is also, like, you know – He's not a three-point shooter, but he's like an 18-foot jump shooter. But he's also a pick-and-roll guy. They can, they could probably even the way that both of them can handle the ball, they could probably do a pick-and-roll with each other even every once in a while. Like, you want to say, oh, like they they can't play with the Warriors lineup of death? Let me ask you this: Is is Draymond Green guarding? Draymond Green is guarding who in this scenario? He's guarding Demarcus? Because that might be the one eight. You say, you're telling me Draymond Draymond is guarding Demarcus Cousins, and then Kevin Durant is guarding Anthony Davis? And I'm, I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be concerned about about that as an as a Pelicans fan rather than the other way around because I'll, I'll take my chances with Anthony Davis guarding Draymond or Kevin Durant than than Kevin Durant guarding Anthony Davis just straight up. Call me call uh, crazy. I mean, I mean, I feel I feel like at that point they're going to be rolling out Zaza and JaVale McGee, right? And they're going to try and match those yeah. guys up with Davis to hack them up a little bit. Right? No, I'm serious. Like, yeah, you're right. They're, and, and they're probably going to, they're probably going to let uh, Davis 
do what he do what he has to do, right? Let him go wild, and Draymond is going to have to shut down Demarcus Cousins, and then you go from there down the lineup. So get, Durant gets a better matchup at, at the three, and uh, you still have Curry and Thompson in their in their rightful places there. So I don't know. I, I feel like they the, the Golden State, if they're if, if they're smart. They would try and muck it up a little bit as far as the, the big men are concerned with, with Davis or, or match. And, and then, like, I don't know, he, he would probably dominate those two guys, right? But you got to roll them out there, use up their fouls, and hope, hope that you can do your thing on the offensive end. But that, so that's the thing, Calvin. That would be a huge test. And this is one more reason why New Orleans is one of the better fits in the league for DeMarcus Cousins at this point right now. That would be a better test for him than coming to the Celtics and going up against, uh, I don't know, the Bulls or something and having kind of an easy first round and then getting punched in the face, not literally, in the, in the next couple of rounds and not being able to get through. I, I think that, that this, this right here, going up against Golden State, is a, is a better situation if that's what ends up happening as we roll on. Because they're only two and a half games out of the, out of the playoffs right now in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, and that's I, don't know, I, just, I feel like it's a better test for for Cousins and for for Davis as well because they are getting into the playoffs. They look like an eight seed, and it, there wouldn't be as much of a letdown if they didn't perform well. No, I'm not. I'm not saying they could beat the Warriors. I still th- the Warriors would still win that series with their their perimeter shooting. The fact is that the Pelicans still don't have uh, you know great guards. Drew Holiday is pretty good, but like they don't have a good they don't have a good two three. Uh, they're still the the Warriors are still going to hit enough threes to to win that series. Uh, well, the, the thing that I'm saying is that the war the Warriors I I just use the Warriors as my example. But the point that I'm making is like there it's not going to be one of those scenarios where you go man Davis and Demarcus Cousins can't play together because of the direction that the league is going in with small ball. This no. the, these two specific guys like other teams it, it, it's going to be more like Oklahoma City. With you know, with, when they had Stephen Adams with with Ennis Canner playing center together, it's like other teams are going to have to play big to counteract what they're doing. Small ball is not going to run those two guys off the court. I don't know if you've seen how fast Anthony Davis is. It's not going to. People are like concerned. Oh, well, they can they play together? Was it a smart move? Yeah, they're going to be fine playing together. Now they they might not. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win the NBA title, but they're certainly like that lineup is not going to be a problem staying on the floor with smaller teams. So those smaller teams are going to have to go bigger with those two. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Celtics would throw at them. Probably nothing. They, they would lose. <laughs> they would see yeah, They'd give up 87 offensive rebounds when they, when they play that game. Yeah, the Celtics that's, have bigger issues. See, that's another thing. It, and if if you're out there, and I know I don't want to keep bringing this back to you, Calvin, because I know you're not as, as much into the, the Celtics aspect of it as you are the whole NBA aspect of it, uh, and the Pelicans, and see what's going on down there, and just Cousins in general. But if if you're worried about what about the Celtics not going after him, listen. <laughs> They, they have something that they, they like the way that, that it's going right now. The, the team is, is happy about the direction that they're headed. And they would have to change things up were they to go through DeMarcus Cousins, in my opinion. I mean, you could tell me I'm wrong, but I just I, I feel like they've, they've, they've made a decision about a lot of different players, and they're, they're, they're in a groove. And ownership right on down to – 
the coach is, is, is happy with the progress and they're looking forward to seeing how much more they can progress in this capacity uh, with, with all the, the players, not all the players, but most of the players that they have right now. So bringing in Cousins is just, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's not what they wanted to do. And, yes, they probably could have thrown a better deal at New Orleans but or at uh, Sacramento, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's To me, that's the reason they didn't do it. It's because they, they like what they have. And that's – whether you like it or not as a Celtics fan, they – they think that they have something going here. So just wait and see, I guess. And and I just I, I feel like they have bigger problems than just going and getting a superstar like DeMarcus Cousins. If they can find the pieces that they feel fit into what they're at, they are actually trying to build at a better cost to them, then maybe in the long run they will be better off without it. So just wait a few days, see what comes around in the next couple of days from Danny Ainge. Even if it's a smaller piece, like a, a role player guy, if, if he gets a good value back, I, I wouldn't say that it's a, it's a lost cause. Well, we spent now, we, we, I told you that we had a lot of thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins, and we, we now spent a few, uh, a full 50 minutes talking about DeMarcus Cousins' uh, yeah. trade. Why don't, yeah, why don't we talk about a few other smaller pieces that, that have been traded? And, and give me, a, I, I want a little thoughts on those. So, uh, the Raptors traded for Serge Ibaka after, you know, they've been struggling for, like, basically since the, the new year started, right? They've been struggling for about a month and a half now. Uh, the, so the Raptors traded Terrence Ross in a first-round pick for, uh, it is important to note, future free agent Serge Ibaka. What do you think By about the way, trade? I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing for the Celtics uh, trade prospects over the next couple of days or a bad thing, but that might have been an indicator of the Cousins trade and the market value of certain players because Abaka has always been looked upon as a highly skilled player that can can do pretty much everything. Shoot the three, gets rebounds once in a while, and he's not rebounding so much this year, but he's a pretty good passer. And he defends, too, and he showed that when he was in Oklahoma City. He hasn't been really playing as well as he did then as he is now with Orlando, but um, he still, the value that he they got back for him didn't seem to be that great. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking that Ainge is looking at these deals and saying, well, wait a minute. Those guys are going for this? Why are you demanding one of these picks for... Jimmy Butler, or why are you demanding that I give you this year's pick for Jimmy Butler? Why won't you take next year's pick? So I, I have a, a sinking feeling here, Calvin, that Danny Ainge is yet again going to hold out until the last minute, and this stuff is sort of fueling that, and he's probably going to try and get a better value than he really should, and he might miss out on something and have to either, A, pull the trigger on something small that the Celtics fans are going to freak out about, that it was worthless, or stand pat and see how the team develops as far as the pace that they're on right now. And I don't think people want that either. So the, the, the problem with Celtics fans is that when they see a little bit of greatness and they, they taste a little bit of that, that gold at the end of the rainbow, they want it now. They don't, they don't want it yesterday so if, if there's blood in the water they're going to circle and 
I don't know. It's just, I, I, I would, I'd, I'd preach patience here. And I think that they have, they have a plan and they have targets that they want. And if they, if the, their number one guy doesn't come to the, the team via trade, they have a backup plan. So I don't know. I put my faith in the Celtics because guess what? They were down in the dumps a couple of years ago. They looked like they were about to hit rock bottom and that they were, they had nowhere to go. And now here they are, the two seed. They're playing well. There are a lot of different factors into that, of course. Can't give Danny Ainge all the credit, but they're doing a lot better than a team like Philadelphia, than a team like New York. Just looking around their division, I don't, I don't think that freaking out over the Ainge not making a deal or making a lesser deal at this trade deadline is the way that people should react, but I know it's the way they're going to react, so I'm just preempting it. I, I love that you, you you turned me asking you what you thought of the Ibaka trade into into the uh, Celtics patience rant, but uh, I'm, 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 yeah, you you really uh, you you really caught into this. You're really passionate about this Celtics uh, patience. I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of people yeah, freaking out. They they like snap but, decision. It's all this ugh. But he but the thing is, very is that like. I've sort of been on this. I've sort of been on this rant lately against anti-competitiveness because I feel like in recent years the NBA and the media surrounding the NBA. I hear people like Amino Hassan were like people. I, I don't like this idea that like that like if you don't think that you can beat the Warriors that 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 27 teams in the NBA teams that aren't Cleveland or Golden State should be like just trying to set up their rosters for five years from now that everyone else should literally be packing it in and not, not be trying to win. You know what I mean? It, it greatly bothers me. It's like the idea that in this only exists in basketball and every other sport, it's like every team tries to win every year. You know what I mean? Not every team, but like you, you get what I'm saying? If you're a team that's close to winning, in my opinion, not that, not that I think that like, that like the Lakers should be like, uh, you know, Trading all of their young players for a guy who can win them eight more games. I'm not espousing like total stupidity. I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not espousing being dumb. But what I'm saying is, is when you're a team that is a contender, at least in theory, when you're in that, however good you actually are, when you're in that's the number two team in the East, or even the number three or number four team in the East, you should be trying to become the number one team in the East. You should be. You shouldn't. Well, you, sh- you shouldn't not be doing that. And especially when you're a team with as many assets as it doesn't make sense to me. And I understand, and, and I realize that there's a balance between like, uh, leveraging the future and going all in now and like not going in at all. But they, but they should be pushing hard to get to the next level because simply because they're close. Simply because they're close. Cleveland post game shows where people are like, oh, well, even if we get past Cleveland, right. we'll still lose to Golden State. You're in the NBA Finals at that point, and you're still telling me, like, let's let's say the Celtics, if the Celtics made a trade that got them somebody, and then that somebody got them to the NBA Finals, and now now they're the NBA Finals team that loses to the Warriors. Somehow that that's not worth it. Like it's like there's no value in going to the finals even. There's no value. Like, why not? I don't understand what, what this idea is where, like, we shouldn't get better. This team is close right now, and Danny Ainge just sits on his hands because he's worried about the team not being good three years from now. Like, I have a problem with that. 
Are you there? Um, I was dead. No, yeah. Sorry, you were breaking up a bit. I wasn't sure if you were done or not. Right. Uh, Did you mute yourself? <laughs> No, you were you were like I said, you were breaking up a bit, so I wasn't sure if you were done or not. So um here I, I'm I'm here. Anyway. Uh I just I don't think he puts them over the top. We discussed that. Other teams that are near the top, maybe they should be looking at him as well. But that goes that goes back to my my question. Like why isn't Houston considering it? Why isn't Utah considering it? Why wouldn't – I mean, I know Utah's got Gobert, but um, it's just – I don't know. There are other teams out there, even in the East. If the East is so wide open, why why doesn't Washington go looking for a guy like that? They don't need Gortat, right? They can, they'd rather have Cousins, right? I mean, it just – if you're going to argue that against the Celtics, then argue it against everybody. And I know that – I know I'm not pointing that at you. I'm just – Again, tying yeah, everything back to the Celtics tonight. Um, but either way, we should move on from DeMarcus Cousins. I, I wasn't even – no, no, I'm not even talking about Cousins. I'm talking about the Celtics needing to make a move by the deadline. That's why I, I, that's what I said earlier. If they make another move, that's fine. But if it, but if it's just Danny Ainge going, yeah, I put all my feelers out there, uh, there was nobody that I could rip off. If he, you know what I mean? If, if, that's, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's, like, that would not be good. I like, would not be happy with that. Yeah. That, that's that's all I'm saying. The trade deadline's coming up on Thursday. The Celtics need to make a move. They they can't just be like, well, you know, we we didn't see anything that wouldn't uh, wouldn't affect us down the line. Like, go ahead and let something affect you down the line if it makes you if, if it makes you significantly better right now. If Jimmy Butler's right. on the table, go ahead and trade a Brooklyn pick. If a guy, yep. you know what I mean? Like, that that's all I'm saying. And the same, like, I'm with you on that. Like I said, yeah. But there, but there, I, mean, I think, and, and I think people. So that's that's why I will agree with the masses here, is that I think people are tired of Ainge coming out and saying, "Well, we we didn't really see anything that we liked." And yeah, it, having and, but the thing is, in the past couple of years, there haven't been players that have been moved that Celtics fans would have wanted. Now there are starting to be players that Celtics fans want, and they're moving, and they're moving for things that the Celtics could could have given up. So Ainge is not going to be able to use that answer anymore if an, if another guy goes. Can you imagine if Jimmy Butler gets traded to Los Angeles or anywhere else for that matter? Jimmy Butler gets traded to to somebody else out west, the Clippers. I, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing teams out there. But the Celtics fans would go crazy, and I would too, because that, that, that would definitely be the tipping point for me. But I think people are already there. They're already tired of Ainge saying, we didn't see anything that we liked. Just go do yeah. something at this point, especially because you have a guy like Thomas playing the way he is. But Celtics fans also like, you know, not to single them out specifically because this sort of applies to fans of any team. They overvalue their own players. So, you know, uh, it, it's not just DeMarcus Cousins. Like I said, it's all, it's also the Celtics could have used Serge Ibaka. He would have fit right into their offense. He could have played center. The, you know, all the, the Raptors gave up Terrence Ross in the first. So hold on. I, just quickly, I would argue I would argue that in that one that Ibaka is not what they're looking for as far as that's concerned. And I argued this before. Four too, and is that he? More he's more of an Al Horford. He's he's going to be a similar guy to Al Horford, and he, yeah, he's a center. But they, Ainge would argue that they want a block, a defensive shot blocking guy that is just going to sit down in the paint at, at some point and 
defend the rim and get offensive rebounds and get defensive rebounds. And I don't think Ibaka's that guy right now. And that's that would be their argument, in my opinion. But Ibaka has been known specifically as a rim protector. That's I know, and I said that earlier in this show. But you don't like Ibaka, that's fine. I said that about him earlier in the show. also Nerlens Noel. I looked awesome in the Sixers game against the Celtics, by the way. And he's definitely a shot blocker. He looks a blocker minute. There was Nurkic and Plumlee, who both got moved for each other. It could have been in on either one of those guys. Okay, there are guys out there. Yeah. So you, you can say, oh, I don't like this specific guy. That's fine. You don't have to like every guy in the league. But I'm saying there are no, if, if you're saying you oh, don't I like know. any of those so guys. So this is what I'm you, saying. Yeah. They, they have to. They, now like they, now they've backed themselves into a corner. You're right, though. They have to make yeah. a deal, and, it, and it's, it's starting to be big. If somebody else goes tomorrow to a different team that people thought the Celtics could benefit from, then they, they really need to start doing something. And the fireworks that Wick Grosbeck mentioned two years ago have to happen because – They've backed themselves into a corner, and people are not going to be impressed with them holding on to everything they have and not going after a, a, a big name when all these guys are getting traded. Yeah. In fact, I just remembered. I I forgot that I that I had heard that the Celtics uh, were in on Serge Ibaka, but but that that uh, their trade got held up because Ainge didn't want to part with Terry Rozier. Which no, that wasn't true. true. That was a that was I think that was false. But you, but you don't know that was false. You just you just want to believe that's false because it's ridiculous. No, I no no. I've I've heard I heard somebody else talking about it at, at, on the radio and saying that they believed it was false, uh, and that it, it really was that they were trying to get the Brooklyn pick out of Ainge for Ibaka, and that's where he said no. Hmm. Because all he he went for Terrence Ross in the the Raptors first. So I feel like. I feel like like Rogier and the Celtics first, or I don't maybe not Rogier, but yep. like, but no, like, I bu- some, listen, something of that caliber just, would not just have based, been, yeah, just based on been things that I've heard, just based on things that yeah. I've heard on around the radio and listening to random things, uh, I, I I feel like they are ready to they can't they're willing to part with Rogier. Rogier is not a problem for them to part with, and I well, think I, that, that they didn't, they didn't <laughs> that they didn't want to send the Brooklyn pick for Serge Ibaka, and for that I don't blame. That's them. fair. I don't blame them for that either. I'm on. The, yeah, that's that, that's where the the balance between being reasonable and uh, you know making moves has to come into into effect, right? Like that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they should right. just, you know do whatever. No, I think that initial report about Ainge saying no on Rozier was was false. Okay, fair enough. So um, okay, what else do we have right. here? We're an hour in, and we're we're still. I'm still ranting about people. Freaking out yeah. that Cousins is not coming here. Well, I was just wondering if you thought that that the Raptors are going to be a threat again with the Baca, or do you you're not concerned about that deal at all? I'm not. Uh, oh, look at this! Now they're throwing the rumors out there that the Celtics and Clippers are talking about a Blake Griffin deal. Listen, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um, See, now we're talking there. Now we're getting <laughs> interesting. It's getting interesting there. Now, right, like- but hold, so hold on a second, and we'll get into that that blatant rumor in just a second because I want to answer your question first. Uh, I'm not too worried about the, the Raptors with Ibaka. Like I said, I think he's a, a, he's not the, the paint presence that people think he is anymore because he doesn't want to be. So who knows? Maybe he will be. Maybe he'll, be, he'll become that, and they'll have the big one-two punch down low with Valanciunas and Ibaka, and then they'll be able to get the outside presence with DeRozan and Lowry going on, and they'll be a force. I just... 
I feel like he's more of a he's going to leak to the outside and he's going to still just be that extra shooter and maybe that's good for the Raptors too because DeRozan does like to drive and kick a little bit and uh, they do have that inside outside game going but it doesn't really concern me a whole lot so we'll see what happens but um, the yeah, Celtics have their have their it's, listen it, it doesn't concern me as far as the the, uh, the Cavs are concerned as far as a Celtics fan is concerned I'm already worried about the Raptors before they got Ibaka. So we don't even need to get into that because they, they are a better rebounding team without him. So that was a concern in the first place as a Celtics fan. Uh, if we're talking about NBA Finals worthy, I don't think they're I don't think they're a problem for Cleveland. Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley or Marcus Smart plus picks. I guess I, Is that, that's I, yeah that's the Clippers said, that's the Clippers Blake, rumor. I, I got, yeah, I got I gotta get I gotta get your thoughts. This is this is what uh, okay. So ESPN Zach Lowe is saying extremely unlikely that yeah. that de- that that is the deal. But that was the package. Crowder. So what are the picks? Because we've been saying that everything hinges on the picks t- tonight, right? So what yeah, are the picks? Are they throwing the Brooklyn pick at, at, uh, at Doc? Yeah, at least one, right? Of course, Doc wants Smart or Bradley and Jay Crowder. Of course he does. He wants the grit and grind. So this is where you have to weigh what the Celtics have built up right now and what they're trending towards and bringing in a superstar type of player like Blake Griffin. But you can't, you can't uh, argue temperament as far as Blake is concerned, although he did punch that, uh, that, that poor trainer guy or, or what have you. Uh, that was like half his size. Uh, and broke his hand. Um, but no, I, I think as far as, as far as on-court temperament, you can't argue that against against Blake Griffin. So where's the argument against that? And it, to, to me, if you're looking at yeah. DeMarcus Cousins going to New Orleans for Buddy Heald and a pick, you're not sending Crowder and Bradley or Smart to the Clippers for Blake Griffin. You're sending that pick and one of those three, in my opinion. And Take whoever whoever your best one is. If you if you want to take who the Celtics think is the highest, say if, just for example, say they they think highly the highest of Marcus Smart, then you're you're getting next year's Brooklyn pick because we we think so highly of Marcus Smart. Or you know you know what I'm trying to say. So like, and then if you're if you're taking the lower end of those three players, then maybe they'll. Say they'll back it off and they'll say, well, we're going to give you our pick next year instead because we don't value this guy as much. Or I just I, I feel like the Celtics would find a way to weasel out of this one, too. And I don't blame them if Doc is demanding two out of those three players because they those guys are integral to what they've built right now. Well, I, I think the other counter argument against getting Blake Griffin is the fact that he's been somewhat injury prone over the last couple seasons. So, although sure. last, I don't, I don't know if you want to factor last year's, uh, you know, punching uh, that guy and bringing his wrist into being injury prone per se, because it's not really a, a basketball related injury, but certainly he's had, he also he with that with his knee, I believe, and then this year he's been out a little bit. So, that's my concern would be about trading for Blake Griffin. Other than that, I feel like he's a fantastic, like he, you're right. He's not a head case. So like his trade value is definitely going to be much higher than cousins. I don't think that trade happens, but just, you know, would have blown out our, our format, which is not that big of a deal and turn this into a, a sort of Celtics trade talk, uh, a pre Celtics trade deadline show. Uh, 
I'm, I'm curious. Do you feel like Marcus Smart's value has escalated in, in, in your mind in recent weeks to the point now where, like, you would you would be happier getting rid of Avery Bradley in a, in a deal than getting rid of Marcus oh. Smart? I feel like Celtics fans all of a sudden have forgotten yeah. that, like, for the first part of the for the first part of the year, Marcus Smart was terrible, and and for like parts of last year, he was terrible. But because he's yeah. been so good lately, it's like all of a sudden. I did a post game show where uh, Bobby Manning came on. It, it said that he oh, was man. ready to call Marcus Smart great. And I yeah, dude, Bobby fun. Manning. Oh, Bobby yeah. Manning is all over Marcus Smart. He has been he's been Marcus Smart's biggest proponent for the last couple of weeks, and I think Celtics fans are following sort of in his footsteps. Listen, I I said on a post game show the other the other night that I was getting closer to believing that Marcus Smart was the better asset, but I put the caveat in there that I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Avery Bradley because he's been hurt. We haven't seen him, so it's easy to say that Marcus Smart is, is the guy that they don't want to tra- that you shouldn't trade right now because obviously he's far and away been the better the better player for the Celtics over the last month. Bradley's been out. You, he hasn't had a chance to play. So I, I, I wasn't trying to – I was trying to hedge myself a little bit. I wasn't trying to get ahead of myself because overall I'm still a Bradley guy. I'm still, I'm still putting his T-shirt on. I'm still thinking that Avery Bradley is, is the guy that's, that's going to be uh, the, the more important player for the Celtics going forward. And Marcus Smart is actually really growing on me for sure. I was ripping him months ago, you know, and, and last year I, I ripped into this guy for his inconsistencies, but he's really shown that he can step up and make some big plays towards the end of games and things like that. Now his, the numbers don't show it. So overall people are looking just at the box scores and they're saying, well, he's, he's not that great. I'm sure he got eight steals in one game, but from night to night, he's not scoring and et cetera. And I still believe that Bradley's the better scorer for sure. And if when he comes back from injury, I think that he's going to prove that he's more valuable than, than Marcus Smart in a lot of ways. But Smart does have a knack for the ball, and he does a few, he does things that I I've never seen before. Just ripping the ball out of guys' hands multiple times in games, jumping passes, passing lanes like he's a cornerback playing football. He reads he reads guys' eyes and stuff like that. Calvin, I think he's got a a good head for the game, and if 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 it like we were just talking about Blake Griffin and Doc Rivers saying Smart or Bradley and Crowder, uh, I, I definitely would would not even consider shipping off both Smart and Bradley, and that's where I would say one of those three is where I would put my foot down uh, with with as far as Danny Ainge is concerned. And at that point, depending on what Doc wants out of those players, I would tweak the draft pick. And um, as much as I would hate to see. Smart or Bradley go at this point. One of them is probably going to have to if you're going to make a big deal. So get ready to swallow that pill, Boston Celtics fans. If you want somebody big, some big name coming back here, one of those guys is going to be gone. And uh, I don't know, Calvin, Bobby Manning really pumping the Marcus Smart bandwagon here. And um, I don't know how much I buy it because, like I just said, his numbers are still kind of inconsistent but he, he has been making a lot of clutch plays recently. Yeah, to be fair to him, he's, he's had a really good last month of basketball. Uh, but but before the last month, he's, you know, the last three days, basically, he shot like 35% for the season. Like, he still can't shoot. He, he, you know, he's shot 
like 13% better over the last month. I know it, it's not just a backcourt thing. You're right. It is also him rip, ripping the ball. Like, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, even in some of the games lately where like he hasn't had a particularly good game overall, he has a knack of like playing well in, in big moments. You know what I mean? He has, he, he has this knack of like, even when he doesn't have a, a particularly good game, he has like a good moment to to win them the game or like really matter down in the last minutes or so. That, and I don't really believe in clutchness. I don't know where you're at because of timeliness of some of the things that he's done. He's given a vibe lately, and I think that that will endear you to fans in a way that like will cause people like Bobby Manning to call you great, even <laughs> though it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. As far as clutch is concerned, having watched David Ortiz, I, I can't deny the the value of clutch because that guy came up so big in so many late inning situations for the Red Sox. So I think it it is inherent in some some players. Um, I'm sure a guy like Larry Bird had it. I didn't really get to see a, a whole lot of him uh, live as I was growing up, but from what I've seen otherwise, it looks like he had it. You know. And I think that Marcus Smart is a guy that thrives in late game situations. Isaiah Thomas is also one of those guys. He seems to be able to do whatever he wants in the fourth quarter. And that, that's what people look at as clutch time in the NBA, right? But I think more importantly, as far as Marcus Smart is concerned, he, he just, he finds a way to make an important stop. Or he, he, he like I said, he, he just snatches the ball away or he gets a good block or takes a charge and his flopping is down, which is great in my mind. I love it that a guy can play defense without flopping, even though he's still known for that. But I, I think that uh, he makes he makes plays in a lot of different ways, and that's valuable for a basketball team that's trying to win games. Yeah, that was, the flopping was definitely one of the things that I hated about him as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he's cut that down. In fact, I feel like he's uh, he's actually been taking more the like he's cut down his, his charge taking. It's so much as he's found a way to not flop when he so, appreciate uh, Ladies and gentlemen, your thoughts? Breaking. Um, say it again. I you 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 were like Celtics totally breaking up. Oh, the Celtics are now interested in in both PJ Tucker and Jahil Okafor. Your thoughts? Oh, yeah. PJ Tucker was that name came up a couple days ago. See, this is one of the the lesser moves that I think would be okay. And I don't know where he would really fit in in the rotation. I guess it depends on who would be going back. Maybe Jalen Brown. That that sounds like excessive to me. Again, all these deals they don't sound like the value that the Celtics would be getting back is really that great. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on any of this stuff. But I like Tucker as a player. I don't think o- I mean, Okafor I like is a fit, him. though. I, I don't think Okafor is enough of a, of a defensive presence to, to be the type of guy that they want to come and, and muck it up a little bit. But Tucker is a good wing defender. He can score a little bit when he's going slashing to the hoop. Uh, he's not the greatest shooter, but he can knock down a three or two. And he's kind of one of those utility guys, you know. You know they love those guys. He'd basically be another energy guy to go alongside Jay Crowder. So um, he's a little undersized, and I, but I think he, he would be a good piece. So I'd be happy with with Tucker if the if it was the right deal. Not so happy with Oliver. I, like, 
I like PJ Tucker because he's kind of an enforcer, but uh, and and I've been advocating that the, that the Celtics should consider moving Jalen Brown. But you're right that 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 would, they'd be crazy to move him in a deal for PJ Tucker. But um, and I I also agree with you about Chihilo Okafor. It doesn't really make too much sense to me for the Celtics. I know that they don't really have that much interior scoring because Horford doesn't really like to post up as much as maybe he, he should, but uh, I still wouldn't make that deal for what it does to them defensively. But I do think they should be making more of a run at Noel. Noel's also on the table. I don't, I, I know that the Sixers would prefer to move Okafor, but like you could also get Noel. And and I also realize, yeah, he has less time left on his rookie deal. He has a year left less, but he is a, a, an awesome defensive player. And he's like, a, he's not bad in sort of like the Tyson Chandler style of, of like, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, the Clipper center. Why am I blanking on his name? DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan style of like, rolling to the rim and getting dunks, you know? Like, he's good at that style of basketball, and it's something the Celtics hey. could incorporate. Kelly Kelly for Noel. Kelly and next year's Celtics pick for Noel. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly and next year's Celtics pick for Noel. That, I, I, on the Sixers, I, I might – I don't know that I want Kelly. I might want a card. What about what, – what do you think about Rozier and next year's Celtics pick? I might, I might be glad to be yeah, can you take Kelly too? <laughs> I'll take Kelly too. Sure. All right, fine. Take Kelly too. You you got a deal. Uh, anything to get rid of Kelly Olynyk at this point. <clears throat> um, oh yeah, you not you not a Kelly guy? Oh man, uh, he's so far down on my list. I just I I was reading something about people uh, about uh, the the things that he's been doing well. And this guy was, like, giving him credit for, for getting to the spot on defense a little bit better than normal and taking charges. And it's like, all right, that's great. Kelly finds a guy that he can beat to the spot, and he, he sets his feet. He's not going anywhere because he's a big oaf. He takes a charge. That's wonderful. What about the other five or six times that he doesn't rotate over quick enough or he throws the ball out of bounds or he takes a quick pull-up or – he throws the ball out of bounds again, or he travels with it. Listen, I just for every good thing that Kelly does, it seems like he's doing two things that, that cost the team something. So he could score 20 points in a game and probably have six turnovers and and uh, take seven bad shots. I, I just I'm I'm getting tired of Kelly Olynyk. And this this might you know this this might sound unreasonable or like. Offensive, but I, I just have a hard time looking at his face for extended periods of time. Like, uh, it's, it's, I can't do it. That stupid goatee. Like, it's not yeah. a real goatee. And then he that, that like part in the middle of his hair with the headband look, just like, uh, just just, just makes me angry. Oh man! Keep Jerebko right. more minutes. I know Jerebko never does anything wrong. He's, he's, he's like not, always he's in not, position. No, it's. He, it's he's got the mask on. He's been struggling with the mask. He has bad peripheral vision. Mm. I see. All right, fair enough. Peripheral. Anyway. All right. Well, I um, <clears throat> I feel like we shouldn't just go into something else now because we've we've made well, it. Well, I mean, there are, there are a couple other a couple other quick hitters for basketball uh, that we could do, like. Uh, 
Kyrie Irving thinks the earth is flat. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, what do you think about that, Ray? Um, I mean, it's strange. When, when I saw him talking about it, he seemed eloquent on the subject, at least, and, and it, it sounded uh, almost believable that he or that that he would have an argument against it but it's like dude that's that's been proven in in history for hundreds of years you don't you don't believe the history books and then he starts talking about dinosaurs and stuff like that so i don't know that 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 to me is is deep deep down conspiracy theory stuff and that's way deeper than i get I'm just I'm scratching the surface of NBA conspiracy theories like David Stern is is controlling the Pelicans and that's why Cousins went there. Almost everybody I know believes like at least one thing that I think is dumb, right? Like maybe it's not sure. you want to say it's not as dumb as like thinking the earth is flat. But it's also like I just I'm I'm a little bit annoyed by it's like how it's like an ESPN story like ha 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 look how dumb this NBA basketball player is who believes the earth is flat like how, that doesn't affect what goes on in the court like I shouldn't it, it, look it'd be one thing if he was like doing a tour where he was like like I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, get the message out there that the world is flat but all he did was like he talked about it on a podcast and somebody heard it and then like now everybody wants to ask him about it all the time and like turn it into a news story and and then like they're asking Draymond Green about it, and he's like, he's like, yeah, that's his opinion, man. Like, who am I to say that? Who am I to say the Earth's not flat? I don't know. He's like, they, Draymond's like, I haven't done enough research to know for sure. And I'm like, really? Like, why? So we, I don't know. Here's a here's a bad NBA joke for you. Those guys don't realize the Earth is flat when their careers are at, at, winding to a halt, and they go to the West to get to China to get paid because that's the only league that will take them. In five years, after Kyrie Irving's done, that's probably not a, not enough years. But uh, you, you get what I'm saying. They'll figure it out that the world is not flat. That joke was truly terrible. I didn't even know how truly to react. Terrible joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. But you said here's a joke for you. Here's a te- you know, I said here's a terrible joke for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I agreed that it was terrible. Uh, All right. I didn't know what to do with them. I'm like, like okay, go to China. Thanks for I couldn't. That's seven, yeah. minutes, seven minutes left here. We could just kill it. <clears throat> or, oh no, yeah, Oakley. Get, get on Oakley here. Um, the I guess, Knicks. I, I, yeah, I might as well because I'm never going to talk about it otherwise. I was yep, going to say it. Fools. We got, I want to I just say something quickly too, so go ahead. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, is James Dolan, you look. I don't I don't know the exact reason why he kicked Oakley out. Supposedly like Oakley had said a bunch of things going down to a seat, but from Oakley's perspective, it's because he's been critical of the Knicks. I just think that like if you're a guy who's a, a freaking Knicks legend who's like in a public situation like that, you have to like find a way to to have somebody come and talk to him on the side and be like, Yeah, uh, you know, James Dolan like wants you to leave like or not even want you to leave like okay can you come back here and and talk to us and like have a conversation with him and be like yeah I don't like the way you've been criticizing the team like I'm not like you know enjoy the game tonight don't you know I don't want you coming back anytime soon and then then maybe Oakley come out and he criticizes James Dolan in, in the media and it becomes another thing but you can't 
just have it be this this incident where like there's one of your you know most beloved players ever gets like thrown out in uh, in front of a bunch of people and then and then apparently gets arrested and gets a call from Jordan backing him up and it's just like so humiliating to the Knicks franchise <laughs> on top of everything else that's going on like you have to just PR wise is what I'm saying the the you you have to know like if you're the owner of an NBA team and then afterward to like go on and be like say that maybe he has a problem with alcoholism like you you hope that he gets the help that he needs the slander like, oh my goodness just yeah such slander it's so bad like I don't know hire a PR firm to like represent the Knicks better than they and have that PR firm talk to Phil Jackson by the way and have him like modulate his comments to a to a degree because you're you're in the biggest city in in the United States, and your your franchise is a joke, and you're embarrassing yourself, and it's hilarious for me, but I I feel bad for you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Do you think Carmelo Anthony is waving his no trade clause now? Hey, Carmelo, they want to trade you to Minnesota. What do you think? Yep, I'll see you there. Like I, I just I, I don't know. Uh, not to say he's wishy washy, but just the the fact that this this uh, franchise is crumbling and he's just trying to play basketball. Since it just it blows my mind that he doesn't want to get the hell out of there uh, because James Dolan is a joke and Phil Jackson has no control over anything it seems. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I feel bad for the the young players on that team. They're actually trying to to do well and make a career in the NBA. And uh, Jeff Hornacek, who's who's trying to become a coach in the NBA, a respected coach. So they're they're just trying to go about their jobs. Carmelo Anthony included, but I just feel like he should he should be ready to go at this point. And if a trade comes across the, the table that that uh, involves him, he should be open to it, regardless of where he goes, because there aren't going to be many better situations. Uh, I'm sorry, there can be many worse situations than what the Knicks are going through right now. Even if you're on a team that doesn't have as much talent as the Knicks, Carmelo Anthony would maybe bring some talent to whoever that is. So he should be open to anything too. I, th- I think he's in a, in a weird situation caught between like, uh, you know, hating public ownership and like loving New York and like wanting an extension. So it's probably like he'd be, but he's not. And also there's the element of like, he doesn't want to get shipped off to Minnesota. So Phil Jackson can feel like he won their battle of wills. You know, I feel like part of him wants to stay in New York just to like be the one where, Hey, Phil Jackson got fired. I'm still in New York. What's up, bitch? You know what I mean? Like he wants to be that guy. <laughs> well, I guess hopefully maybe that's I true. Say that. And I'm sure it's fine. Uh, you've said worse Have on the show before. Yeah. You dropped an F-bomb like a month ago, and Nick told me oh, to yeah. just laugh it off. It was an accident. Yeah, I'm sure nobody listened to it. Nobody's come calling anyway. Um, yeah. That's it. We're done. We're done here. The All-Star break was boring. The All-Star game was boring. Uh, the All-Star uh, festivities were boring. That's all there is to it. We're not even going to talk about, about it anymore. Uh, the Patriots won the Super Bowl, Calvin. So congratulations oh, yeah. to the Patriots. That's the That's happened since our last show. Um, it has. We haven't discussed it. that. My bad. Yeah, I mean, I think we our last show was on January 30th, as far as I could see here. Um, so yeah, that's we don't wow. we haven't uh, haven't really. Wow, yep, January 31st, we had we had a show before the Super Bowl. Um, anyway, we missed two weeks in a row. We failed. We I feel like we failed America here. Sorry guys. Yeah. We, we just had some technical issues. 
we'll get back on it. All right. There you have it. Yep. That's it. And since uh, I was late in telling Liz about the show, we didn't have Liz, so I'll just leave you with this. Good night, everyone. Uh, and I don't uh-huh. want the world to see me Cause, cause I don't think Now let's, let's go back to the real one There we go There you go Yep